The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy trends, innovations, and debates. Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is an old friend of the show, Bill Gormley, who is the chairman of the Coalition for Government Procurement and also uh, president of the Gormley Group. Uh, it's been a while since Bill's been on, but you know we're beginning January, so we want to do uh, our year in review. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Yeah, we haven't spoke since last year. That's right? true. We have not. Well, we well, I haven't been on the show since last year. Yeah, and, there you go. On uh, today's show, we're going to sort of look at a, the procurement past, present, and future, take a look back at 2017, some of the highlights from a sort of government-wide contracting perspective um, and just regulatory perspective, and then take a look at what's going on right now, and then perhaps a little crystal ball gazing. So, Bill, let's get started uh, with regard to 2017. Where do you want to start? Wow, what an opportunity. Uh, hey, there you go. I don't, I don't know how much, is this 24-hour show? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it could take, <laughs> take a while to... Anyway, uh, thank you, Roger. I appreciate it. I think one thing is, from you, know, you mentioned the regulation side, the regulatory side, and the administration. I guess they're one year in now? Yes, they are. It's a little bit so, over a year now. So part of that one year, uh, one of the uh, administration's objectives is obviously to, uh, from their viewpoint, reduce red tape or reduce um, the amount of regulations... Um, throughout, throughout who government affects, I guess, or has an impact on. And from us, it's the acquisition side. <clears throat> but I think the uh, before a new regulation comes out, I think they have to eliminate two. And like anything, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a great objective. It's just it's always the unintended consequences from anything when we kind of go like even if you do budget cuts or personnel cuts or you know there's always going to be you know people that are impacted that. Yeah. Right, and they have the regulatory freeze, and they have the two for one deal that yeah, you're talking so about. Two, yeah. yeah, so all, you know, when you get into that, I think it's you know I know you know a lot of folks have been waiting for a long time, you know, for the uh, the ODC, the you know other yeah, direct, other direct costs. costs. Yeah, there's another name for that now. Yeah, they, GSA had re- renamed it, uh, rebranded it, let's say, Bill, okay. right, to yeah. order level materials, order level, yeah, um, OL from ODC to OLM, right, which yeah. it's basically. For those who listen to the show regularly, know that it's uh, it's a contracting flexibility that's part of commercial item contracting for services or just in general. Um, it's a flexibility that's in the FAR that uh, the GSA schedules currently do not take advantage of. And uh, the goal of um, what I think you're going is the goal of the regulation that was proposed by GSA, um, geez, over a year ago now, um, and put out for comment, and then I, I think finalized uh, now, and just waiting for where it's going to go um, through you know OMB um, would add ODCs or order level materials to the schedule contract, which would you know streamline uh, contracting, increase flexibility to meet government unique requirements across the board, or a customer agency unique requirements. Um, and enhance inno- access to innovation and competition. Well, and plus, I think is it that a good speech, Bill? Pardon me. Was that a good speech? Oh, you weren't listening. Okay. No, no, I was listening to you. I was listening to you. I would say plus. Okay. <laughs> in addition, you know, it also you know, lines up with uh, the new administrator. 
Emily's Murphy of you know reducing contract duplication and burden. I mean, that's just part of it. So I think that's where, you know, getting back to the point of unintended consequences, there are things that are are an accelerator to what the administration wants to do, and this would be one of them. To to your point, that's a great point because you know Emily's amongst her priorities are you know increasing competition, and particularly at the task order level, and reducing contract duplication and. Order level materials is a would directly positively move forward on her two goals. Yeah, so that'd be a major improvement. So I don't know who at OMB are listening to us right now, but it would be important to pay attention to that and move that through. So that would be good for industry and great for government and save the taxpayer a significant amount of money. So you know, we, we you know we, we should turn this all around and see what would be our top ten recommendations, right? But anyway, we're we're uh, reacting to what's out right. there. Right, absolutely. I guess. All right, so. okay. So you know, we also have uh, as you know, Roger category management's is 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 maturing to the point of, um, I think the the idea that government has behind uh, category management is, is is pretty sound. It's a you know, it's a commercial practice that's been proven. And the key is just, you know, how do you, you know, how, how do you get the data and what are you going to do with the data from within government and, um, and that the, the government's pretty big. And I think trying to, to treat it as a corporation, in some cases, uh, the government's bigger than a corporation from a number of reasons. I think one of which is corporation pretty much has one P&L and the government has several P&Ls. And I think that's where... I think industry gets a little confused by how how much the government wants to down select to having a handful of companies in some areas be suppliers where um, it's going to take more than that to meet the government's you know continuous changing needs over time. So to just don't lock in on on five. So but you know we'll keep it be keeping our eye on that as that matures. Okay. Um, any thoughts on um, the? Uh, the issue of uh, best-in-class contracting—that's a piece of category yeah, I management. Mean, is that an acronym? Is that BIC? BIC. That's B- the BIC. B- best-in-class contracts. Yes. Yes. I guess there's 33 of those that have been um, yeah, identified. I, yeah. I mean, I, I know that's. Uh, I I just don't know how the I, all due respect to the ones who got identified. Congratulations. Right. right. <laughs> <And> so obviously, <laughs> we'll applaud that, right? And then on the other on the other end, I'm not sure. You know, if you take in all the nuances of customer needs, how 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 you identify best in class across government, and uh, based on based on you know unknown requirements uh, within within a particular industry. So I, it's you know I, I don't want to get too far out on this topic, but I think it's it's something to clearly take keep an eye on during 2018. Right. And um, do you have any thoughts on the role of industry input into best in class? Well. You know, I think the uh, I think industry from the standpoint, I think you know people have their contracts that weren't selected. Okay, so I think they need to pay attention to from a business standpoint, keeping them themselves in front of their customer base, and and competition is going to be a key here. So, I think people should again keep an eye on this and just see how it goes moving forward. Right. Okay. So. One of the big things that uh, occurred last year that you know it was passed and has a present and a future is uh, Section 846, and that's the uh, uh, e-commerce portal legislation that was pa- that was included in uh, the 2018 
I think that's right, uh, NDAA, right. Um, which was enacted, I think, in December 12th or so. Um, GSA and OMB have been uh, charged with implementing um, Section 846. And you know, last two weeks ago, I think we had the uh, public meeting that GSA and OMB hosted. Um, just your observations from that public meeting and, and, and a little bit about what the legislation that, uh, that eventually went through. Yeah, I mean, GSA has been, um, the good part, GSA has been very public about, I think you're referencing their holding industry day. And they had uh, three three different panels, I believe it was. So, um, you know, some the industry key players, some of the key players were there from industry on one panel, um, given their views. And I think the takeaway from the industry panel is that they – not unexpectedly, and if I was him, I'd probably say the same thing, is that we want the federal government to agree to our commercial terms and conditions. Um, and on the surface, that sounds great. Um, as far as um, the other thousands of government contractors uh, that have earned the right to have a government contract and have invested in um, uh, meeting contract compliance uh, provisions, um, for them to have to continue to to you know fall within government certain statutory requirements, as an example, and other contract 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 requirements, and under the e-commerce model, e-portal, you know, for industry saying just follow follow us, and there's there's clearly some uh, some pick and shovel work that has to be done to change Absolutely. regulations, and I think if that should that occur where it occurs, that should. You know, I think all all boats or ships should uh, float. You know, with with the same type of requirements where they can, and I think that's that's what GSA, um, to their to their credit, you know, now I've heard this from industry and I've heard some questions from the audience at the GSA auditorium that um, says, "Hey, how about us out here? Who, you know, if we're going to compete, we want to compete on is on an equal footing." Right. So, <clears throat> Bill, we'll continue to pick up on that conversation about Section A forty six and the. Current state of play uh, post GSA's uh, kickoff and our initial uh, industry day meeting two weeks ago. Um, my guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today, my guest is Bill Gormley. He is president of the Gormley Group. He also as a chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Um, Bill, we were talking about Section 846, the e-commerce sort of portal provision that was in uh, last year's NDAA. And two weeks ago, GSA, I think it was January 9th, had its uh, public meeting, um, you know, to kick off the effort. Um, They have to have an implementation report done by March 12th, I think, by our count, the number of days, like 90 days. Uh, but when we and when we took the break, you were you were talking about commercial terms versus, sort of versus government terms. So, um, you know, based on listening to the to industry out there and government, and also list, you know the feedback from the uh, from the industry day discussion, what are some of those key terms that people keep talking about, and you know what do you think will happen with them? Well, first off, um, I'm going to go both both ways on you here. All right, one is. I think the government overall can can on can reduce you know, acquisition regulations. I'll say just in general. Here, I think where you have uh, the terminology being um, uh, expressed by industry, hey, just use our commercial terms conditions. On the federal side, you have fairly uniform terms and conditions. Okay, for contracting, 
commercial side, I'm sure there are similar in many cases, but I don't know how uniform they are. And so I think that's where the government has to has to weigh in and make that dis- recognize that that occurrence is a high probability. And um, is should the government should the government do anything about it, or should the government care? So that's that's it's easy to talk about here, but in regards to that, as one example on the or a couple examples on the government side, you got the Trade Agreements Act. I think it's been around a while, right? Yes, a long time. Yeah, you know, you're a lawyer here, so you got to kind of you know kind of add some value here as far as you know how, how it got created. But yeah, the Buy American Act, you know, and um, in the government's, uh, you know, and you have counterfeit, you got cybersecurity. So I'm, I'm not trying to build the uh, the high level of uh, uh, a barrier to entry into the federal market, but that's what everybody has to do now, right? Right. Yeah. And, and and you got you know we used to call it the you know the debarment list, but it's called excluded parties now. So you know, comp- you know the government contractors have to ensure that they're not on that or their relation who they have relationships or not. And from an industry standpoint, it was clear from GSA's industry day that in, that the industry panel for the e-commerce felt that that was a government's responsibility, not theirs. And so all that is good discussion. So when, you know, I think it's going to be hard to, to boil the, boil the ocean on e-commerce or e-portal. And I think there's, I think there'll be ways, hopefully that GSA, you know, to your point, there's three phases, right? 846. Right, right. So the first phase is, is having these industry days and, I think, as you said earlier, Roger, for GSA to develop a report. Implementation plan, and, yeah. And that implementation plan. And then, then it goes, I think you have a year to, to scrub that and decide on what, what they can keep regulatory-wise or how they can move forward. And then was it another year or so? Yeah, kind of write implement. the rules and figure out, you know, write the rules <clears throat> yeah. around it. But And then after that, you know, actually potentially putting the contracts in place. Of course, those are all not later than time frame. So theoretically, the government could move faster. L N L T no later than <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. So anyway, um, so you, I'm sure in your career when you were in government, you saw a lot of times that the government awarded things ahead of time. That's I'm just trying to, but I think a key consideration for uh, implementation of any sort here is to have a built-in mechanism that you know I can ensure you. Uh, you're still only one guarantee in life, Roger, but I can assure you that I almost guarantee you that over this period of time that the e-commerce platform commercially is going to evolve as well. So the government doesn't want to lock in on an old uh, e-commerce um, solution, if you want to call it that. Or solutions. And, yeah. And so it should, you know, whatever it's going to do or whatever the outcome is, it's got to be able to move fluidly, you know, with the market and with ease. And that's going to be you know, I think it has to be part of the consideration here. Right. So along those lines, you know, the idea of, you know, one of the ways I could do that, I guess, is in, you've sort of floated the idea of e-commerce schedule. Is that? Well, we can do, and you could talk about e-commerce portal schedule and the, uh, and so that would be a way uh, that I think would keep the sort way right now with the government has over, you know, 20,000 contracts in the schedules program and, you know, it's commercial, commercial stuff, right? Products and services. And it's a lot. And there's a lot, while there's contract administration that goes along with that, that GSA is involved in, but that's pretty much, you know, deleting old, old products or services. And, and as, as the market, commercial market evolves around other ones that they can add them to their current contract. So GSA does have, 
you know, a kind of a, a live, timely, you know, be in alignment with, with the commercial market as far as products you and know, services. Let me ask it a different way. So could, um, could, could this language be an impetus um, to your point about, and uh, I think it was a previous segment about not, if you're going to wave, in a certain sense you were saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like waving rules for the e-commerce portal, but not for yeah. other is, would you see the portal legislation as a impetus for contra- government contracting programs to improve, to look to see where they can streamline as I think well? GSA should use this opportunity of 846, similar to the reinvention of government, where contracting stuff, you know, when we were there, ironically, you know, we changed a lot. And so they should use this authority as an opportunity. And I'm sure they, well, I'm sure they're thinking this way. I hope they are um, that, Hey, we, we should be changing the rest of our programs that are affected by the same statutory regulations or policies um, or practices in other parts of uh, GSA and government opportunity for government. That would be from an OMB or OFPP perspective. So yeah, don't just do it for one, and and say that that then and you know just say you know put your hands in the air and start celebrating because it's you have the rest of the program here and there's a lot more to government other than e the e portal. So you're saying you know, we 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 need to like reinventing government for the 21st century kind of. Yeah, I, uh, watch out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I think well the administration's looking at right. Yeah, they they've they've asked all the agencies and departments to come in with re- reorganization. Um, structures and ideas and things of that nature. So I would hope that GSA uh, and their um, their team over there and um, their package being submitted to OMB would clearly have some opportunity to leverage the reason why they exist is to, uh, you know, streamline the cost of acquisition in government. Yeah, and um, share, I mean, part of that reorg is uh, there's lots of questions around shared services that's a that's an age old discuss age old thing back you know do you talk about reinvention like yeah. government reinvention and hammer wards and all that stuff but yeah. shared services has always been a challenge in the government it's always been a challenge and it's has clearly amped up in industry so it's it's a it's a proven method of uh, reducing cro- reducing costs and improving efficiency so you know we have you know there's major companies in, in you know in in in, in, our, in our country that use outside sources, you know, it's payroll or things of that nature as an example, or IT or, you know, um, seat management. So I guess you say cloud's a form of shared services, right? You know, if you got yeah. the public, you know, the cloud with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the government's in some cases still trying to figure that out. And, yep. and I think everybody is in regards to the cloud, but that, that reduces, but you also want to make sure you get, in some cases you can get more opportunity out of it when you go into shared services. So, and again, that, of ties into, you know, the new administrator, Emily Murphy, some of this duplication, we've talked about it, but, you know, I think actually getting something done here would be a great opportunity through shared services with, you know, GSA leveraging what it's done for the rest of government to use what they've done in the right. contract awards. Uh, yeah. Then, and there's also NASA soup, but the other, I, yeah. G-Wax and, and other, yeah, I mean, they can just leverage it and the government should figure it out and figure out, Hey, are, are, is, are we doing all, I mean, all, everything should be on the table. I'll put it yeah, to your point and right. then see how much we want to share. Right. How much do people really want to share? Right. <laughs> that's right. That's the, that's the conundrum, right? I mean, that, you know, that's not in my backyard and you're not my neighborhood yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I want to do my, we're special. We got to have our own thing. We're different, right? you know, yeah. and you know, I, 
I can't get into a case I was involved in with uh, one agency, but they felt that their specific one geographic location um, was was so uh, unique from it, the rest of its organization that everything had to be done by their people, no, nobody from outside, and it wasn't an intelligent agency. It was a commercial commercial uh, okay. department, I'll put it that way. Yeah. So to your point, it's turf. There's a lot of turf here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and on that note, we have to – Take the next break. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group. And when we come back, we'll talk. We'll start talking and focusing on uh, the VA a little bit and the VA's procurement programs and what's what happened in 2017 a little bit, but also the, what the future may or may not look like. You are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today, my guest is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group. Also serves as the chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And Bill, uh, this segment, um, we're going to you know, take a little look or examination, let's say, at VA uh, and its procurement programs and what's hap- transpired in the last year and where things may or may not be headed. And um, I'm just going to open it up to you where you want to start. Well, I think VA's uh, you know, mission is veteran first. Right. Okay. So I think everybody can sign up for that right away. I think part of this is you know, we've gotten into the regulatory side or, um, you know, int- we can talk about interpretation of policies and laws. And there's a lot of people involved in acquisition in VA. Um, and I'm sure they're all trying to put the, you know, correct foot in front of the other, but it's, it is there, there's trying, I think, I think VA and I've used this term earlier. So it's trying to boil the ocean, and I've only, I don't know anybody's been able to boil the ocean when it cha- when it comes to changes to getting um, you know the products in, in particular uh, in in the hospitals as necessary, just in time, and things of that nature, and then take on standardization, take on you know trying to get the lowest price. I mean, there's so many initiatives right now that I'm not sure who's you know where there's a single belly button and who who you can talk to about it. And a clear direction. Uh, I know they brought you know, someone in from the private sector to help you know, move into our standardization side. And I think that comes into, I think that's a, a great idea. It's like category management, Roger. But I think, uh, you know, taking a pure commercial view of how a commercial hospital works and overlaying that to, um, and I don't mean bureaucracy in a bad way. It's just like the, the every, every, Every establishment has a bureaucracy, whether it's commercial or government. But to overlay the commercial hospital approach to a government hospital, you know, I think there's enough difference there that it's it's not this is the way you have to do it because that's how we're doing it. And I think it's the culture uh, at VA is such that um, there's a lot. It's like they're trying to change everything, and and for the good of the of the um, of the patient, of the veteran. And I think some of this is, you know, they're trying to drive costs down to the point where, you know, it could be like low cost, technically acceptable veteran care, you know, LPTA veteran care. And I don't think that's the intent here. And I think they should, you know, an idea, and I know the coalition's been working, and they've, you've interfaced a lot with VA and they've really opened up more and more, you know, with industry is that, you know, I think they need to step back from all these, trying to do everything at one time and just say, hey, what can we, address now short term and then continue to build on it in other words is you know we talk about continuous improvement and just how people run their businesses or government 
And there should just be a continuous improvement on overall how VA acquires its products and in more particular the services, but both those. Um, so, I mean, you know, just basic stuff like late payments. I mean, they have a, you know, the, the prosthetic side, you know, they have over, I think it's over $20 million in late payments right now just for prosthetics where the industry has delivered the products, the veterans receive the care and industry hasn't been paid. So those are the, those are the side that I think, Take care of the kind of the low hang. I hate to use this phrase, low hanging fruit, <laughs> but but you know there, there's some things here that you know, it's on the ground now. So let's let's get it resolved quickly. Well, well one of the things I guess that uh, think about what you had to say is one of the key things that uh, is a best practice commercially or in government is a clinically led sort of program office to try to identify requirements. Um, in you know to to support that healthcare to be that bridge between the actual you know hospital using the products and the and the procurement staff doing the buys and having that clinically that program office to identify help identify requirements that that is a best practice yeah that, I think that's a um, you're using a commercial practice I think VAs um, they I think will agree with that they just have not been able to get that in motion right to to really stand that stand that area up to i think that would that's going to be and accelerate right. and basically i think the interesting here is where you can identify where you if they can do a and, and that's not a sig they they may not they may consider a significant change i and i'm not trying to sim- overly be simplification here but it, it's basically creating possibly from resources you already have into a, an office for 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 the clinical side and and just do that and then get it moving i mean right. it's just you know i think right now there's, to your point i think it'll be an accelerator it is right, it's accelerator meeting the goals i mean yeah. and you already have the resources just it's a different way of allocating them and so that's uh you know i think that's those are things you know i think everybody's trying to get up and hit a home run and then let's get a walk or let's get a base on balls let's get this thing right you know built up here right so you know and another so that you know in that clinically led or program office and requirements that's impacted the prime vendor program a fair amount um, in terms of identity, you know. So I guess, and it's and it's also created I guess challenges on how they're going about setting up either contracts or using schedules. Do you have any thoughts about the role of uh, the VA schedules in the context well, of the I, prime vendor I, program? You know, the VA schedules is a reflection of industry, so that's your commercial that's your commercial product line right there. I mean, I know VA is is earlier or last year, <laughs> 2017, you know, they were attempting to write product descriptions, you know, and it's like, I got to be honest with you, that's back when I was at GSA in the 70s and 80s and it didn't work. And as hard as we tried, you know, we were color coding copier stuff, which is, you know, good, better and best. And it just, it just, it, it's not that the, the idea is good. It just, in just an implementation or the practical, it's not practical. So you know, I have an old saying, everything works in the classroom. Everything works in the classroom because you can talk about it. But when you take it off the board, and I don't know if you use a chalkboard anymore, but in, and walk out the classroom into real life, there's a lot that doesn't work. And this is an example where the theory of, hey, we're, we're, we're going to write a requirement and we're going to tell industry, you know, what that requirement is. But industry's beyond that requirement in a better in a better sense. And I think that's where VA, hopefully, you know, through having a, you know, like we were talking about having, having the clinician set up can can work with industry to get industry's latest best products 
to VA hospitals for the veteran. Right, but that's also part of that is maintaining that those open channels that have developed with uh, Prime between Denver. industry yeah. and the VA oh, to yeah. yeah to talk you know to to talk about these issues and try to work towards solutions. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it. I think I think there's right. And yeah, I, think, I, I, get, I hear you. And, yeah. and industry, hey, nobody, neither side's perfect. So there's not. Any, so it's it's life, right? But I think industry will respond pretty quickly to a defined set of requirements. And I think that's where, I think that's the need that VA should really be focusing on. You know, are we really, are we really just getting taken on way too much? And, not, and you don't and mean not, defined set of requirements in the context of product description. No, defined set of requirements. How, excuse me, very good catch, Roger. Thank man, you, man. Hey, so, you know, requirements as to how a logistics system is going to be run or how you're going to acquire things in that nature. Right. So Program a, design. Right, because uncertainty increases costs for government and industry, right? If you Correct. can't yeah. figure out. Yeah. And time is money. <laughs> you learned that. I'm getting very good. Well, you know, I've been <laughs> not, taking a while. I, I guess I, yeah. <laughs> I've been out in the private sector a while, I guess. You finally, it dawns on you, I guess. I don't know. So, um, yeah, another um, area just to um, touch base on, um, shifting a little bit from the VA, though, is just uh, your sense, do you, do you think there'll be some further momentum in terms of additional appointments in the in the administration, in the procurement policy? You know, we have uh, the administ- Administrator Murphy in place now. Yeah. OFPP still hasn't been filled yeah, it hadn't been nominated yeah. yet. I think, I think I'm seeing that's getting closer. I hear it's getting close. I think on the GSA side, you know, they've they've uh, with Emily being there with her background policy and her, um, you know, experience on the Hill. It, that's it should be a very very good fit. Um, and so you know, I think we would look for some, hopefully, some very good changes coming to to minimize and you know, and she has her. She has her four objectives, you know, when to keep talking about contract duplication, but that's something in, in increased competition. So there's a lot of ways to increase competition doesn't mean you necessarily limit the competition. I think there I think her her point here is that, you know, she wants to reduce contract duplication. And 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 that's basically some contractors having to maintain many contracts. So reducing because you're going to get the same product or something. And the government that, has to maintain too. Got it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So there, there's that and there's that cost avoidance or that savings for both parties. And I think that's where I think that'll trickle down to being a more competitive uh, actual, you know, uh, opportunity for the government to get more competitive bids or better better pricing at the end. Right. So, Bill, we have to take our last break. Uh, when we come back, Bill, I'm going to talk about a couple other. We're going to circle back and it was sort of potentially a huge uh, streamlining uh, change with regard to the increase in the micro purchase threshold and increase in the simplified acquisition thresholds. Um, you know, in last year's NDA and what the impact of that might be on the market, pre-existing contracts, et cetera. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group, and you've been listening. You are listening. Excuse me. I'm getting ahead of myself, Bill. You are uh, listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Today, my guest is Bill Gormley. He is president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement and, uh, Bill, I wanted to, you know, we're going to sort of circle back a little bit to the NDAA, uh, last year's NDAA. There's a, 
there's like three different provisions that are kind of interesting. Two of them deal with thresholds. Okay. Um, the micro-purchase threshold was raised to $10,000 for civilian agencies. It's still 5000 for DOD. And then the simplified acquisition threshold was raised from 150000 to $250,000. Um, just some thoughts on that. What, what, what does that mean for government? What does it mean for industry? Uh, those are potentially big streamlining uh, changes. Well, increasing those thresholds, I think there's a combination here, Roger, um, from a contractor standpoint, um, is going to make it a lot easier. The opportunity for the government to buy is a lot e- is going to be a lot easier, obviously, because there's a lot of transactions, a lot of business goes on below ten thousand dollars, as an example, and um, and I think you know we talked, we spent some time earlier talking about you know the e portal, e commerce. So, are we allowed to let in, are we allowed to let industry in on any you know some? Oh sure, absolutely. Okay. So, Give them some advice. Go ahead. Free, okay. <laughs> free advice. Free advice. Yeah. Yeah, free. Consider <laughs> your free ready. Consider how much advice. you paid for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's seriously, I think with those increased in thresholds for it and that e-commerce, the portal discussion that's going to continue on this year um, because of 846 that we talked, Section 846 we talked earlier, you know, if, if you're a company that's got you know, like a, a VA or GSA schedule, uh, you need to have someone, you know, go get you an electronic shopping cart and put on your website because I think you're going to have a lot of e- increase in e E-activity, I'll put it that way, actual buying activity with these higher thresholds or the potentials is there because the thresholds are officially raised. It's a matter of how quick is the government going to uh, change its culture, its view, its policies to uh, embrace these these increases. You know, because I think about, you know, um, VA has had – you know, authority for decades. Uh, is it 8123, Roger? 8123. 81. 38 USC 8123. Yeah, it's always good to have a lawyer in a room. Right. And so, yeah, 8123, it was an authority given to VA back in you know, late 50s, early 60s that, that gave them carte blanche authority, procurement authority in certain areas and prosthetics. And even today, that hasn't been fully uh, exercised. And so, I don't know how long it's going to take the government to exercise the increased thresholds here. But having said that, it you you know I think as an industry you definitely got to have that shopping cart you got to have that familiarity uh, of uh, with this e portal on all your websites uh, and I think that's some give you some insight to talk to your folks internally to get that get that moving right because even and the 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 sort of the cross cutting impact the the threshold increases it's not just open market items yeah. it's also pre existing contracts now where it's you know, where ordering, you can go, ordering is going to be streamlined as well, whether it's a multiple board IDIQ for, you know, as long as below 10,000 and, you know, you have to, you have competition requirements up to 250, but it's not the notice to all and all that stuff. And on the, on the GSA schedules, VA schedules, that increased micro purchase threshold is going to really can be a real driver in terms of streamlining to your point. Yeah, this should be a boost for the established acquisition, you know, um, government-wide programs that that you're talking about, for particularly from the commercial common common goods VA, I think we, you know, we talked about, you know, the clinicians and 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 having that identity of products and uh, you know the uh, the prime vendor for VA. I mean, these these authorities here can make it a lot easier for the hospitals to 
to get what they need. If, if they're not going to get it in one way, they're going to be, clearly be able to get it another way in a much easier way. Yeah. Um, so the other section, just real quickly to um, get your thoughts on, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but because it's, it's another sort of review and report, DOD's been charged with taking a look at commercial item contract clauses. And, you know, back in the day, in the 90s, it originally started out with 17 clauses applied to commercial item contracts. Now I think it's up around 58 clauses. Um, and DOD's under Section 8, 849 is supposed to take a look at those and try to figure out what can be reduced or not reduced. Um, any thoughts on that? I applaud them for for taking the initiative. Was it like 18 months or something? They so had to, I, I, yeah. I'm not sure. Like a year and a half or two years or something like that to do these part of these. For the I'm not sure for 849. There's Section 80809, which is that panel. Yeah. This is a, this is Excuse this me, is yeah. almost on top of the panel. I think it's a panel. This yeah. is where I was. That's a good point because the yeah. panel is sort of doing the same thing cross, anyway, I right? I think got a little duplication. <laughs> yes, yes, a little duplication in legislation. Uh, surprise, surprise. Hopefully, they're talking to each other, right? <laughs> yeah. so, but anyway, I think from that, it's, it, that's great. It's just a matter of you know we can look at things, but someone needs to start, you know, taking action on this, and either you know, um, if it's a trade agreements act or it's a Buy American Act. You know, you know, those those two as they are two examples that keep coming up, not as hurdles, but are you going to change it? So it, it, I, I like to see, you know, quickly, no, there's not going to be a change or yes, there is going to be a change. So we can start seeing move away from the discussion side to the development and then the implementation of whatever changes are going to come. I think some early ho- hopefully they're not trying to get everything together, make one big announcement. I think we should start hopefully seeing some things starting to occur. So industry knows so they can be prepared to uh you know to do what the government's asking it to do yeah right so and you know we got a couple minutes left um do you any additional thoughts what people need to watch out for 2018 well i already gave you one get your shopping cart on right. your website right you know and become you know, a portal become a portal of, yeah, yeah. yeah you just gotta be and the important gotta, thing is the definition of portal in that statute is wide open is, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's which it's, was purposeful because the yeah you know the uh, congress in its wisdom in this case you know said it's they don't want it to be limited uh in a manner that you know restricts the marketplace well uh, dod uh, some folks at dod did do a review of e-commerce on, oh really? Yeah. So that just ain't got happened last. That happened in December. So this is this can actually be really news right here. This is Fed News Radio. Huh? Okay. <laughs> so the uh, an interesting point, it, and I have not uh, I have not read the full report. I did read some some highlights of it, and it did say it did compare, you know, an e-commerce portal. Yes. And to GSA Advantage. Really. By name. And so in, uh, it found that GSA Advantage was 80%. The prices are 80% lower than the commercial. No, 80% of the time. 80% of the time. Right. Yeah, that's even better. Right, thank you. 80% of the – thank you for writing me. Okay. The GSA Advantage was prices were lower 80% of the time in direct comparison with e-portal, with an, with an e-portal. And so that's uh, – and yes, the commercial zero, e-portal. Yep. So that's where I think the you know I think GSA should recognize that that its negotiators do have an impact on industry that there is actually negotiations, and there were some other instances that kind of you know like I said I haven't read it all. I'm just reading some 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 top uh, as they were produced, kind of an executive summary. But is like GSA could improve some schedules in the area 
of having a lower minimum order and, and be easier to return products to the vendor. And on the e-commerce side, you know, that they need to identify small businesses by socioeconomic category. And, you know, surprise, surprise, I think it was the Trade Agreement Act or Buy American Act. So that is a very timely report that just came out. And I just saw it about an hour ago, so I hadn't even had that much time to, to look at it before coming over here and talking with you today. Well. I uh, I appreciate it, Bill, and um, that's yeah, it's going to be important important report. It's going to be a thought provoking report as well. So I want to thank my guest today, Bill Gormley. Bill is the president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Off the Shelf, only on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things, visit Shipt.com slash holiday. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash holiday.